Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, young adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I interview Logan Stone. He is a film creator. He just created one of his first feature-length films, or he's actually selling his first feature-length film. He's had a, he's done a whole bunch of work on himself in terms of the personal development, growing, learning, leveling up. Uh, he's got a great mind, a beautiful perspective, and we go deep um, on the areas of just uh, thought processes, his personal development journey, insights. We go and we actually do a, an exercise inside here, back and forth, which which comes out to a process. And it was a it was a great chance to really connect with this guy. So if you're interested in film creation and personal development and level up your skills in life and perspectives and a bit of an esoteric talk, I think you'll really enjoy this. So without any further ado, I'd like to present my friend, Logan Stone. What up, Logan? Hey, yeah. buddy. How you been? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a little while. It's been a minute. When was, yeah. when, when was that? When was the last time I saw you? Uh, a, a gathering of, uh, of noble warriors hanging out together. Yep. Yeah. It was the, the, the last undertaking. Um, so what's been new with you, brother, since I've seen you? Let's see. Man. Uh, a lot of movie stuff. So the, uh, there's some things I am. I'm almost nervous to start, try to go into that because there's a couple of things I can't disclose, mm-hmm. but it's, um, I'm learning a lot about like, you know, they say that like, let's say your life is like a, it's like a table. It's like a dinner table. Mm-hmm. And the, there's these different seats at the table, right? There's like the career seat and there's like the love seat and the finance seat and the creativity seat and the travel seat and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that seat is occupied by like what's currently there, right? And so, for example, I had to complete something in my career seat that was currently sitting in the career seat. And like, it was a scary thing to be like, hey, I've enjoyed your company so far and time to go so that something new could come into the seat. And what that looks like right now is like producing movies and TV shows at a much faster speed um, than was going before and like really bringing team to it. And I'm noticing the finance seat is uh, shooting up and Mm -hmm. the the fun seat. So it's, I'm just noticing what's new is this like new learning around like really being like the king of like the round table and being able to say like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with your company. Thank you so much for that company. And like, it's time for something new to come in. And the, 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 the courage it takes sometimes to like be willing to let go of a good thing for a great thing to come in. That's the, uh, yeah, there's a lot there. You're talking about like identity shifting and letting go of like who we are and, in a lot of ways and shapes and forms of, you know, there, that is the scariest thing when something works, but there's a better opportunity. But if you let go of that thing, you can't get that back, but you can't, you can't, as they say, steal second base while your foot's on first. You can't, you you can't do it at the same time. Now, when you're talking about king of the round table, are you saying that you used to be the king of the round table and now you're almost new? Are you saying now that you have a new team and new things, you now have to operate more as a leader and which means you have to have more quote unquote 
kingly duties. I'm saying we're all kings mm -hmm. because we, we're the ones who say, you may sit at that seat. Please mm -hmm. sit, right? And uh, it's, a, it's a, certainly there's being king in terms of like leading teams and, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm finding, you said something there about like, you know, it's something could work, right? And it's like, technically it could work, right? Like technically the function could be performed. You could be going through the motions, but does it actually work for you not to like have it, have the full expression of that thing there? Maybe it does, maybe it does work, right? What I'm learning is that what I thought worked actually didn't work. It didn't actually work based on what I was actually committed to. And so inside of that awareness, it's like, oh, damn, okay. I get that it actually doesn't work. So, you know. But the only way that you know that, so the, the, the challenge is that we, 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 we're in these perspectives, right? You know, from the perspective of the old self, you're like, okay, this works. But then you try something new and you're like, oh, wait, no, no. Now that I've tried something new, you realize that that old thing doesn't serve you. But you never know that until you try other things which means that you need a perspective, which is, which is really hard when something's working, you don't want to mess it up, quote unquote, mess it up, but you're never going to know if that thing is at its fullest unless you try different things. Is that yeah. what you're, yeah? It's like trying different things and it's being honest with yourself. It's, it's about, am I, am I asking for what I really want mm -hmm. or am I asking for what I think I can get? Mm -hmm. You know, for example, uh, we could say, you know, you're, you're doing this, this uh, you know, this this podcast right now that we're mm -hmm. that we're on right now, you know, I would invite you to look from the from the standpoint of like what guests would you love to have on the podcast that you just haven't asked yet, but but perhaps you're asking people in your like social circle or people that you know you've met recently, rather than like I want to go I want to talk to Joe Rogan I'm going to have Joe Rogan on my podcast or I'm going to have Tim Ferriss or like I'm going to get Barack on my podcast. Yeah. You know, they're definitely on my, they're definitely on my list. Amazing. Yeah. But I, I have actually had uh, one of the guys that I really look up to in my, my design space. Um, the number one for me, number one VR designer that I know of. Um, he was actually my last podcast guest. Great. And so I was just like, I was just like, I was like, there's no way he's going to say yes. And then like, it was funny because I was like, I just, I just threw it out there and he yeah. goes, sure. I was like, really? <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah. But, but yeah, but that, I don't do that with all the people. I don't, I don't have, I, I, I haven't sent a message to Joe Rogan, nor would I really know how. Um, but the, I think, yeah, you, there's the, am I going to go with what's safe and I know I can get, or is it something that like, I'm going to take a risk? And, and, I, and I think it's, it's, that's, it's a series of grays. Let me ask you, how do you, how do you ask yourself questions to find out is this, is this something I'm doing just because it's safe or is this my true self? This is what I truly want. How, do you have a, a, like a way, a framework or a way that you do that? I'm, I'm really discovering how this thing works because it's a process. I'm not going to pretend like I've got all the answers, right? But what I'm finding is a point where it really has me stop and look. Mm -hmm. You heard of the law of fuck yes or no? Refresh my memory on this one. Sure. So the law of fuck yes or no is like, there's an opportunity that comes to your plate, right? Uh -huh. And if you're not a fuck yes about it, then it's just a no. It's you're automatically it's it's a no, right? Um, so like 
if it's what I really want, right? If it's what I really want versus what I think I can get, what I think I can get, I'm usually not a fuck yes about what I think I can get. It's usually, there's kind of like a, a conservative, like, um, what's it, what's the term? It's like, uh, it's like I've conceded my actual desire. I'm settling a little bit. If it's something I think I can get, right? Versus like, if I, if it's something I really want, I'm already a fuck yes about it. And the distinction that I'm learning more and more is that there's one way to do it, which is like from the head, I can go from my brain where it's like, well, yeah, on paper, it makes sense. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It checks all the boxes. Right. Have you ever been in a relationship where like it checks all the boxes, you know, like anybody who's listening, you know, he or she, you're, you're checking all the boxes, like exactly what I want in a partner. However, when I'm with them, it's just like, there's just that chemistry that's just not present and it's okay that it's not present. Right. But like, that's what I'm learning is that it's the, the, the distinction is like actually what lights me up, like in the moment, you know, and, and it's not, doesn't come from a head place. It comes from like a body sensation. Like, you know, when you're excited about something, you know, and so it's just, it's just tuning in with, with that part, you know? Yeah. Being conscious of how you feel about things and, and, and the driving energy and what works for you that the only reason why I have, I've, I've tuned into that is um, it's the only way I've been able to, 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 to um, really do what I do as an entrepreneur is um, when I first had the food truck, my business was absolutely struggling. I didn't have an identity. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I, I came across a book. My mind was blown and I was like, fuck yes, that's yeah. it. And then I shifted gears, turned around that business and it went from being one, you know, it went from being failing to actually be thriving and we, we did well with it. Um, same thing with VR. I put the VR headset on. I was like, yes. I was like, yeah. that's where we're going. Yeah, and right. so I've, I've tried to be in tune with that just because that it's it my logic is just simply is if if i feel this passion about a thing then chances are that other people feel the same way i might be wrong but it's that's that's very helpful but sometimes you do lose that because like you get scared you get scared of um like terrifying business decisions or or telling a client that that pays you well but you don't you don't really enjoy that they got to go away right like or 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 that type of stuff because there's that the, the risk the, the risk and the fear of, 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 of losing something is something that's so powerful that it causes all the kind of dim our light, which is, which is, which is a terrible thing. Have you had, in terms of the, can you talk to me about like, has there been situations in, in the film career or other places where like, there was like, you know, you had to make a risky decision. It does, I don't want to uh, hit anything that's like super recent that you can't talk about. Um, but is there, is there something that's like hit you where you felt like you're like, oh, I really, I don't know if I should, my heart's not really into this. And then you, you, and you do do it or you don't do it. Any lessons learned from that? Yeah, I would say, I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned is like, you know, you just spoke to the, to the idea of like being terrified by something. Like you can be really excited about it. And like, if it's a scary thing. Um, like while we're following this fuck yes or no kind of principle, like the thing that I'm learning more and more is that even if I'm terrified of it, it can still be a fuck yes. And it's like, if I'm terrified of it, usually it is a fuck yes. And 
like all the more reason why I need to go go into that go into that thing. So when you talk about it in the in a framework of like taking on a film project, it's like, you know, I'll say every time the to date the most exciting thing was you know actually last October um, I sold my first movie that I made. And we had a call this Monday nice. about the marketing plan for it. And we're going to do this big PR stunt. And I'm so fucking excited about that. And, uh, and what I learned was in the moment, you know, there was, I was kind of on the fence, like, do we do the movie? Do we not do the movie? I, you know, I was 26 at the time. I'm like, I don't know how to, like, I don't have money to put behind a movie. This seems like an astronomical thing. I've never made a full length film, you know? And so it was so terrifying for me, but the, but the process of doing it, right? Like putting myself in the future fulfilled, like standing there, the movie's done, like what's the state in my body? And it was, a, it was like, like I could die and I, my life was complete. I had climbed the mountain, I'd seen the top of the mountain, I did it, right? And, uh, and so that was, the, that was all I needed was to like make the full, actually it was the producer at the time, one of the producers was at my apartment and a good friend of mine, Erica, we're looking at my whiteboard in my living room. And she's like, I spell out the entire movie. Like, this is exactly what I've got going so far. These are the plans. This is the, the finances we have. And she's like, okay. And she was real quiet for a minute. She's just kind of like looking at the board and she says, okay, all right. Even if it's just you and I on a bus going to New Mexico to shoot this thing, we're making the movie. And it was like, it was, it was done in that moment. It was terrifying. Cause I, who knows who, I don't know that. Right. So it's like the times where you have, where you stand in the future fulfilled and like, you can see the, 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 like the fully manifested vision of what it is that you want to go make. And if it lights you up at that point, go for it. Right. And all the times where I've done it and I've kind of gone into it, like, you know, maybe I like the paycheck, but like, this is a no, but like the paycheck's like a, okay. Every single time it's just been like, I can't wait till this is done, you know? And life is too short to spend time doing the, I can't wait till this is done things in any field, relationship, career, whatever. You know what I mean? Saturday wow. day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, that's doing what I love. I mean, this went from burgers to VR. I'm a professional big kid, right? Like there's, there's this, it's just, if other people, I don't know, my thought has always been if, if other people are doing it, you can do it too. Yep. But, if you, if you, but if you really, but you got to like really love a thing, you really, really, really like a thing. And yeah. that's, that's hard. What, like, what, because I, I know you, um, could you explain a little bit about your journey about getting into film and kind of, because I want, I want to first talk about that path. And then I know you also, in terms of like personal development side, I want to first get into the kind of like your journey in terms of like film production and what led you on that path. Why do you, what, like, what, what, what makes you passionate about it? What, what has that journey been for you? Yeah, man. So the journey of getting into film looked like, uh, it, it looked like I was always really artistic as a kid. I was always drawing and like, you know, we had a classroom economy in like elementary school where like the currency were like eraser tops. Mm. And that was like the dollar, the almighty dollar was the eraser top. We barter with each other, right? Give me some of your gum, I'll give you an eraser top, right? And the thing that I, the, my outcome, or I'll say my, my, my primary export was this picture of this dog. I just drew a picture of a dog a certain way. No one else could draw it though quite like how I could draw it. 
I was like six or seven at this point, and I would just rake in the eraser tops, dude. I had like a backlog of orders. I got to draw a dog for that person. All right, I, I like had it all scheduled out for business, dude. It literally was a business. And uh, and at a certain point, I kind of lost track of like the art, and I I started to buy into the notion of like, you know, society says like you can't make you can't make money doing art, you know. And so I was like, oh yeah, you're right. And then I started doing the 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 high school sports thing and I was throwing parties and kind of got like just wrapped up in like the things I thought I should be doing, you know? And so I went to business school, my freshman year of college, hated it, transferred to the film school and like, didn't look back. Like it just clicked. And, uh, and so it was really organic process. The film school, actually, I had no idea I wanted to be a director. I just enjoyed the instant gratification of like, take the picture and like, you've got the picture now. You don't have to draw the photo. You don't have to draw anything. It's just like instant, right? And so I would just walk around downtown Chicago. First time I'd ever lived in a big city. And I just had the, my, the whole, everyone was the actor in, in front of the movie lens for me, right? And I'm just taking pictures of everyone and apologizing after the fact, rather than asking permission to take their photo. Yeah. And I was just, before you before you know it like the the photo thing i got into some like showcases for with my photography and then somebody some some people asked me to like shoot their music video and then i was shooting short films and then i was like you know these films kind of suck like the story's kind of shitty i i kind of want to write my own story now and then it's uh it's it's just been it's just kind of been this organic thing but yeah, that's that's really been the process up to this point. That's cool. So uh, the, the the inspiration of well, dog art and the, just the creation, just right. the joy of creation. It, yeah. it, as simple as it is, the joy of creation and and the was part of that the act of creating, or was that part of the the feeling that you get when you give it to someone else? I think it was the feeling. It one, it started because like I drew the dog because I liked to just draw the dog. It was rewarding for me to draw the dog. And I think that's why people liked it so much is because they could tell how much, how, how much there was, how much joy there was in it. Um, like it translated to them. And then uh, before you know it, like having the, having it reflected back at you that like, oh, this is worth something or this is like in demand, right? People like start to appreciate there's a recognition there. Mm -hmm. It just like, it just compounded on itself. And it was like, well, this is, this is a no-brainer. I love to do it. I'm good at it. And like, I think there's a thing called the Ichigami. You've heard of the Ichigami? Uh, I kind of think it's like a diagram of some kind. It's right? like a four circle overlap. It's a Japanese word. Mm. And Ichigami doesn't have a English translation, but what it is, is like there's four circles and the each circle, each circle is stands for a different aspect of the ichigami the overlap is when all four of them are together and so each part is like what are you good at what uh what can you get paid for what do you love doing and what does the world need and so when you found something that hits all four like that's the superpower and go full in you know i invite you to look from like the vr thing it sounds like you love vr mm -hmm. right the world certainly like is 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 needs more people exploring this because this is an emerging the potential for vr is huge right so you love it the world needs it you're getting paid for it and like if you're good at it then like that's it you know and i have it that you are good at it 
Um, yeah, I feel like we, we've done decent, and I think part of it is there's it's you grow into it, man. You 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 always suck out the gate, and you just suck less over time. Yeah, it's right. Just, are you willing to? Does your enthusiasm outweigh the the feeling it does to suck at the thing? Yep. Right. So and and you know from doing hackathons and game jams, we just did a whole bunch of work, and it wasn't great at first. I remember struggling with my first bomber man, and it was just. It was just this, it was horrendous. And I was like, oh my God, I told everyone I was going to do it. And they're all going to show up at this event. And I, I don't, it's not ready. It's all broken. Uh, and then like last minute I got to work. I was like, yes, yes, uh, play my game. You know, for you, same thing. It's like, watch my movie, play my game. You know, uh, and that's the, that's the thing. It's the, the joy you get. That's why I was like, when thinking about that, it's like the, the joy for me, like having people appreciate the thing that you made, it, it, it goes a long way. And so I was, I was just curious about that where along the path because like to me whenever i see you, you always got this this uh strong mental mindset and you, you've got a, a lot of a lot of when, when, I, when i hear you speak one reason why i want to have you on chat with you is was that you always have a, a really interesting perspective on things and you have a interesting frameworks and so i was just curious about like can you talk to me a little bit about your journey of just like personal growth and development and like kind of what you've been on to that path and any any philosophies you have in that area Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, I appreciate I got your acknowledgement there. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. I, growing up, I was a super anxious kid. Uh -huh. um, and so a lot of my own like personal development path has just been like, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, right? So like, I'm not going to live life this way. I got to figure out how I tick and like what you know, I got to rig up some really beautiful scaffolding up here so that I can function and do what I'm supposed to do and, you know, have a have a life that I love, basically. And so the process of that, it started with, uh, um, I was 22, mm. uh, just graduated from, from college. And I was like, man, like, I feel like I kind of did it halfway. You know, I feel like at a certain point, I just was like doing life, like there was the life unlived. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I, I, it seems like it's been such an organic thing, you know, standing here, looking back, it's like this perfect, like the series of events couldn't be more perfect. Um, but where it started was there's this elderly couple in Chicago who, um, who were transcendental meditation teachers and they needed somebody to film uh, a seminar that they were teaching at the Loyola Stritch School of Medicine in, in Chicago. And, uh, and so I was like, I, I'd love to figure it, I'd love to like learn more about this, right? So the more that I started filming these, the more I started getting a taste for like meditation and the whole idea of like, you know, that there's nothing to go. There's no, it's like, I'm not my thoughts. And before I know it, like, I'm kind of like being taught how to do this TM where I went on this retreat with them where they formally taught me how to do the technique. It was a couple of weeks long thing. And I just was like meditating all the time. And like life went like exponentially better, like immediately it was better. And I was like, there's, there's something about this. And then that led into like Tony Robbins was like the next thing, right? Tony Robbins, I went to UPW in Schaumburg, Illinois in like 2015, I think. Um, what got what got better like when you said life got exponentially better like why what yeah. got better about life by meditating um, what got better was like you know there's the analogy of like thoughts are like cars and like the observer our consciousness is like the dog right and so what i found was you know 
I can relate it to one of one of the, the something that I'm currently doing is the team management and leadership program for, with Landmark. If you're familiar with Landmark, and uh, a little it's, bit, it's the same. When I talk about like our thoughts, our cars, and like our consciousness, our conscious observer is the dog. If you have an untrained dog, your dog's just gonna like follow and chase every car, and it's just gonna just run amok. It's gonna go all over the place. What that looks like from our waking experience, obviously there isn't a physical car there, but what it does look like is it looks like making meaning out of things. Things just happen, you know, thoughts come about, someone says something over there, a cute girl across the room smiles, right? Two girls are walking down the street at you and they laugh at each other. They look at you and they laugh to each other and then they like, they don't look at you, right? Now the mind can go, okay, they're making fun of me right now just a couple of bitches or something, right? And like, you keep going. Or the mind can go, you know, oh, they think I'm cute. Okay, interesting. All right, like, hey, like, you know, you have a conversation or something, right? Either way though, like the opportunity, really what the opportunity is, is to be able to choose like what's, how are we listening the world, right? Rather than coming from like a reactionary dog, you know, and like just living in our point of view that we have around, um, you know, for example, like everybody, one of the things that Landmark teaches is this idea of like the point of view and that we're all trapped by the point of view. Something happened when we were four years old, so insignificant and so inconsequential, but we wrapped up, we, we let's say for example, I, I had just finished my latest Lego masterpiece and I walked over to my mom and I've got my fucking jumbled Lego creation here. And I'm like, mom, mom, look, She's on the phone and she's making dinner. And she's like, not now, honey. I have to, uh, let me just do this real quick. I'll come take a look in a minute. Deflated Logan, who has such a small sample size of experience and emotional awareness at that moment. I build a whole worldview around this moment that's happened. My point of view that, I've, that I'm trapped in is that I'm not wanted and the world is rejecting, right? Now I know that not to be true, but at first glance, something happens in and it go, it has to pass through that filter first, right? So I can either chase, I can either chase the reactionary, I can mobilize myself as I see the world occurring for me, or I can proactively, I can ground myself and be neutral and just observe the car going by and just stand in, okay, I got it. I got what they said. You know, I got it. Mom, mom can't look at my Lego right now. No problem. I got it. The woman is not available for the for our date this weekend. Has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? It literally yeah. has nothing to do with me. It's just it's like it's being able to just be with life, and that's what I got out of TM is that I'm just able to just observe the thought. I'm able to observe the thing that comes in, and I don't. I'm. It's like removing triggers. It's like pulling triggers out of us, so I can just be with it and be able to choose instead of react to things. So how is how is uh, how is TM different than typical meditation? Yeah, uh, TM is about um, typical like typical meditation. Like there's like guided meditations where like mm -hmm. okay now like go to your happy place and like you know or like uh, NLP they'll be like okay you're going looking at you're floating over a series of your tapes and pull out a tape of a memory that you'd like not to remember. And let's rewrite the tape, right? And it's very guided, it's very visual. TM is mantra based. So 
they give you a mantra, they give you a word that has no meaning to it. Um, and the idea is that you just hold the mantra in your mind, you don't force it, you think it as effortlessly as you think any other thought. And you just basically, like by staying present to nothing, um, no word that means anything, uh, it allows you to like remain that kind of distant um, observer, you know? And like when a thought comes, it is absolutely so welcome know that the thoughts there hi thought thank you so much for stopping by i now i release you and i go right back to the to the to the mantra and so that's how tm works it's it's about uh, conditioning our nervous system more than like finding relaxation and the funny thing is is that i find myself more relaxed when i do tm versus guided meditation that's super interesting yeah i haven't gotten to uh tm before i've done a whole bunch of other meditations and things and stuff but that, but that one right there is really interesting because it, it sounds like, yeah, you're, what you're doing is you're, yeah, you're, you're staying in that present moment where you, you, you have to, it's, it's like, not the same thing, but it's like breath work where it's like, just focus on your breathing yeah. in, out in, out. And the thing comes in and, you know, whatever thoughts come, you just keep focusing on your breathing, but it's hard to focus on your breathing because you don't have as many hooks Right. But if you have a word, something that you're saying over and over again in some way, shape or form, you're having external audio stimulus that's going back in your system. And it seems like it creates a better container versus just just breath work. Right. Just breath work because you can yeah. you can lose yourself a bit. Um, I should say also the mantra isn't something that you actually speak aloud. It's just no. something that you it's you're just present to, you know, like you would think any other thought you're thinking the mantra as this, you know. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Cause yeah, I don't have experience with it, but just wrapping my head around why that's so critical. I've heard a bunch of people say TM is awesome. And I'm just, and I just don't have any experience with it. So that's great. Yeah. So, so then you went from TM and then you, you went from that and you did, you did a landmark and then you're, you're working on, now you're in that, you're, you're working on the, the learning how to um, increase your leadership ability. Is that what's going on? Yeah. I went, it went from TM to like yeah. Tony Robbins to, yeah. Abraham Hicks to Eckhart Tolle, like, yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I don't know you. Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is a, so I don't know, I don't know who your audience is on this, but I would say it's, it's worth checking out. Mm -hmm. um, Abraham Hicks is a, this is going to be quite the buzzword, but whatever. Um, Abraham is a fifth dimensional entity that is being channeled by a woman named Esther Hicks. And uh, if you can, if you can get over the fact that it's a fifth dimension, that they're claiming it to be a fifth dimensional entity or whatever that looks like, uh, if you can get over the fact and you can just be with what she's actually saying, the wisdom that's coming out of her mind, whatever's the wisdom that she's speaking to, a, a huge audiences of people go to see Abraham Hicks. And Abraham Hicks's core principle is that we, you know, it's interesting, actually, I'll be fully, I'll be just totally transparent with you in that uh, I just had an ayahuasca ceremony on two days ago on Saturday. And I saw myself in the throne of like the magician. And I had like my scepter and I had my Pharaoh hat and I'm like sitting here like the creator, the king, right? And uh, I know I knew that my my scepter, my magic staff here, actually is this. I always have it, and it's my it is my ability to speak truth. 
And so what I realized is that I, I always, I'm, I'm always like casting spells, right? I'm always like, I'm always wielding the magic. And it's, and how that looks is it's in every word that I speak, right? So it's like, don't, it's about the opportunity that we have as like, you know, human beings basically is that we orient our world based on the, our, the word that we give and how we speak and create the world around us is how it shows up for us. And so, yeah, go, go ahead. No, man. So it's, it's, it's really interesting on that point. And um, no, I appreciate you being honest with uh, kind of perspective. There sure. is, there is a thing where, um, you know, especially with like plant medicine and things like that, when you go through it, you get these truths and it feels like a deep truth that you get. It's something that, that you're like, you're like, well, what, what does that mean? And you're like, oh, and then it's that recognition of, um, but I'll talk about two things. One, fifth dimensional entity, definitely want to get to. Uh, two is, is, is you kind of you kind of segue with a a portal to the fifth dimension or whatever dimensions open up with that plant medicine stuff. But you're looking at with ayahuasca, it's really interesting because you have this thing where it speaks truth to you, and it feels like it's like where does that come from? Before you're talking about how dogs chase, you, there's a car going by and you're, you mind you just chase a car and we're assigning meaning to everything. But at the same time, the world lines up in a weird way for you, a world lined up for me in a weird way, in a way that it feels that it's too um, manufactured for me, right? And that might be my own ego, that might be my own stuff, but at the what same time. Manufactured. Say what? What do you mean by the world is manufactured? What do you mean by is that if, if, if I look at my life backwards, right? I looked at all the dots that connected to get here, I go, wow. In order for me to get here, all of these things had to happen. And it feels like they're like, I just like the universe gave me these opportunities, right? To, oh, go do this, go do that, go experience that. And 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 then looking back at it, I'm like, wow, how did that happen? It feels like, like, you know, when you set, you know this, when you set out for a mission, you're gonna go do a thing. As uh, Joseph Campbell says, is that the universe opens up doors to you when you're fully committed on that level that you would not have gotten unless you're fully committed yeah. to that level. All in. Yeah. So then, but what's that? That's not just a car driving by and a dog chasing it. That's, that's, that's a, I don't know what you would, with the, the equivalent being, it, it's like, it's like all of a sudden that, that car turns into dog food and the dog goes, eats it. I don't know. That's a poor analogy. But the point being is, is it the universe just happens and we assign meaning? Or is there something beyond like the fifth dimension and ayahuasca and other things that actually opens up these opportunities for us to capitalize on and, and, yeah. and, be our full selves that's a I think the i think um so i had this vision where yeah. like so consider that like there's a bunch of like space right space is like you know like a tv you know like a like one of those old like cathode ray tube televisions mm -hmm. where like you can see the pixel and everything yeah yeah so if there's nothing being displayed on on that section of the tv all the pixels are off Right. If it, there's a certain shade of yellow, then like the green and the red come on, right? Or the green and the blue, whatever the combo is, but like they come on and then they flicker away and then they come on, but like the pixel is still there, right? So what I saw with this medicine is that like the space around us all the time is just like this raw material. It's just this raw thing right in front of me, right here at the tip of my finger. I'll go out here so you can see. At the tip of my finger, about an inch away from my finger, it's just occupied by oxygen, nitrogen, a bunch of gases, right? 
but like there's like that's a node that node exists right there there's billions of nodes an inch away from my finger now as i move my hand through it that node switches from oxygen nitrogen now there's like iron calcium in there right there's carbon now there's all these different things that create and, and now as we're back now it's now it's oxygen nitrogen again right mm -hmm. but the node still exists there and so you ask like like in my opinion there's all this raw matter and what makes it so what makes it to be oxygen nitrogen versus now it's my hand right that node is activated as my hand is my conscious thinking willing it to be so right so our consciousness is like shaping all this raw material around us all the time you know it froths into existence and in the same moment it dies away and it's gone again right so it's just well, there's one moment that's just blooming and just constantly just in this state of flux but it's all just this raw material so in response to your question right i i think that we have more agency we really are the creators of it right our word honoring the honest thing whether it be something we're literally speaking or just the intention right like you said like you know uh hero of a thousand faces joseph campbell like mm -hmm. It's the, it's the being all in, it's making up our mind a hundred percent and knowing like it is it, literally what it is, is it's, it's stating intention, right? It's the double slit experiment. It's applying our observational, it's what are we looking for? And then watch it be so just by our just conscious presence toward a thing. And so like, that's the opportunity we have. That's interesting. So it's almost like it's the same thing like with people. Right. So, for example, we're having an effect on each other. Right. We yep. wouldn't normally go on this conversation, but we prompted it. We're going back and forth and, and, and we're we're having I am having some sort of intentional, unintentional effect on you and the vice versa. So we are we are we are co-creating co this reality through our intentions. Yeah. What you're saying about that is that the, just by a sheer presence of, of, of willing something, whether it's this occupying this molecule of space right here. And, and saying that I choose to occupy this space with my hand, you're you are willing that 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 node of existence located on here and here and the things to actually be, you know, to to to, to take that over with my will, whatever that might be, a hand, I might build a house there, whatever yeah. the th might whatever the thing might be. So you're saying that the now it's a water bottle here. <clears throat> you know? Now it's a water bottle. Yeah. So and, and that's that's it, it, if you're looking at it from just a uh, physical reality kind of sense, it's you can move an object into that space and that now that space is being occupied by that object and but that space is still there um which is you know on planet earth if you if you look at things not including the fact we're flying through space so that space is, is it is constantly changing that aspect but there is but it is it, there is a finite number of spaces that we're occupying so it sounds like you're saying that it's kind of a blending of the universe does happen but at the same time, we can make things happen through our intentions and willing things into creation and willing um, these events to happen to a degree. There's a brilliant exercise that I would invite us both to do right now. If you're, sure. if you're down to play and yeah. dance a little bit. Let's dance. So you said like, we're having this intention, we're having this effect on each other, right? Mm -hmm. So I invite us to do this. We'll do this about 10 times. Okay. We'll take a minute. Okay. And what we're gonna do is you're gonna start and you're gonna say, I'm creating you. Okay. And then don't do it yet, but you're gonna say, I'm creating you. And then in response, I've got a hair in my mouth. In response, I'm gonna say, I'm creating you, creating me. 
And then you're going to say, I'm creating you, creating me, creating you. And we just keep going back and forth. And what we're doing is we're literally creating each other. And I invite you to listen and whoever else listen for like how we deliver it creates how it shows up for us in response. Right. Maybe let's do it 20 times, but I think there's some, there's a nugget. I think there's something here to discover around how do we create the reality around us with our intention and how immediate it is. It's right there. I've never done this one. It sounds like fun. If someone didn't like it, they can skip ahead, but let's, let's run into it. Let's, let's go for it. Uh, So I guess I'll start the volleyball. Yep. Um, I'm creating you. I'm creating you creating me. I'm creating you creating me creating you. I'm creating you creating me creating you. I'm creating you creating me. Creating you? Creating creating you. You know what we can cap it actually. We'll cap it. (laughs) We we can cap it. I think we we should still continue, but we can just go, I'm creating you, creating me. And that'll just be what we say. Okay. Okay. Again, the intention is just listen how how we deliver it is how it shows. Okay. Okay. We're we're yelling into a cave and it's the echo. You are my echo. Just you to listen for that. Intentional echoes. Yeah. So I'm creating you, creating me. I'm creating you, creating me, creating you. I'm creating you, creating me. I'm creating you, creating me, creating you. I'm creating you, creating me, creating you, creating me. I'm creating you. Creating me, creating you. Yep. <laughs> There's a more than words. Energy gets passed yes. back and forth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's literally it's the it's like a boomerang. Like I throw it out, and then like the energy of how I put it out there, you know, like it might seem for the, at first glance like well, of course it would go the way that it just went. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I have no idea how you're going to, how you're going to deliver back to me, but I totally am influenced by how you create me. But like, it's just, it's the constant feedback loop. It's communication. Well, you have that and there's, there, yes. And if you, if you look at that, you are in, you are affected by your environment, but you also affect your environment. So if you're, if you're aware enough, whether you, you realize that that's a car and you're a dog, you can, you can go pee on a fire hydrant instead or whatever the thing might be that you can, you can choose to break the cycle or you can reinforce the cycle. Right. right? And, and that's very, very powerful that, that the ability to actually affect that. And there's, there's, there is magic in that. And uh, one of the things I, I've heard, in, you know, I've, I've, I've done a, a number of like working on leadership because I run a team and we do things and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that I, I know that I messed up in, in terms of the, the way I delivered something is if somebody says to me, it's like, it's not what you said, it's how you said it, yeah. right? And you realize that you do have this underlying subconscious that if you don't deal with it, and it could, it, it's, and it's not even always about like them. It's about, it could be a thing like, and I've dived into this before of like, I had a really bad day, something terrible happened. And then I come in to try to talk to you about something. And I'm just like trying, trying to keep it above water. Uh, right. Someone described it as like holding balloons where you got like a balloon and you're trying to hold this balloon underwater. And that's one thought. 
and you're trying to hold this other balloon underwater. And now you got like 15 balloons underwater and you're like, how's it going? I'm like, I'm, I'm doing great, yeah. doing great, right? But it, but that energy, you still like, was that me? Is yeah. It, is, is he not like me? It's inauthentic, right? It's yeah, not the not... honest thing, right? You're trying to survive it. Mm -hmm. you know? Because but you, you, you have that balance, right? You yeah. don't want to be a burden to somebody, but at the same time, you don't you don't want to be untrue. Like if someone down the street goes, "Hey, how's your day going?" You're like, "Man, I've had a terrible day. I got to tell you what happened, right?" Like, because you want to balance, because we're we're trying to be respectful of other people, you know. And but it might be either respectful or it might be not wanting to show weakness. But there's something there's something to that, you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a it's a balance. I think in either way, either way, it's all still surviving it. You're just surviving it. You're surviving looking weak or you're surviving being a burden or like surviving a communication they might say, which is like, whoa, man, I did not want all that. Just like, tell me that everything's fine and like, let's just get on with the conversation, right? So the opportunity we have is to really look like, look from like, what is my commitment? What is my commitment in the conversation? You know, and like, there's no right or wrong. There's no like, it should be this and it shouldn't be this. Right. But it's just like, what am I actually committed to right now? Am I committed to just, it's like, we're always playing games. Right. And we always win our games. Actually, we always do win our games, you know, and that game could be, let me just get through the day. Let me just survive this meeting and I'll just, it'll be okay. Right. And so how we survive the meeting looks like we just completely tune out and we get on our phones or we hide out in the corner of the meeting or whatever. We don't speak up. Or, you know, oh, I can't take, you know, somebody asks a favor of someone to do something and you just refuse, right? You just, you shut up, right? So it's like, you, we won the game, right? My commitment in the moment is to just survive. But what have if life been, is more than just surviving it? Yeah. Have you yeah. ever been in a role where you, you're, you're bottling up like some sort of like thing where you want to be truthful and then yeah. something comes out and you're truthful? And then like, you're like, oh, you get in that mode where you're like, oh, I'm gonna, and someone else is, oh, I'm gonna tell you how I feel. I'm gonna tell you how I feel. And you just, you get that honest momentum where you start to move along a thing and then you feel free and open because now it's like, I'm already, I'm already here. We're already doing this. So like, there's like, you get that energy. I don't know if you've ever had that situation where you, you've had it bottled up and then you release it. I think I've had that with an ex-girlfriend one time. I'm trying to remember where I got that from. I, I'm proud of myself because there's a lot of moments recently I can think about where I just like said the thing. I, I, I just recently broke up with a girlfriend and just like being the, saying the honest thing, like this is what I'm available for. And this is what I'm not available for right now. And just being okay with like, maybe she thinks I'm an asshole. You know what I mean? Alt actually what I discovered is that by honoring the honest thing, it is actually the most love that I can give to her and myself. Right, because if what I can what I can show up for for her, if that if 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 my limit to how how authentic I can be, maybe I just authentically don't love her, right? Like nothing wrong with her, but just like that, just spark isn't there, you know? Then it's like at least she can make an informed decision based on like what I'm able, how I'm able to show up within that relationship or not. And she, and I'm, I'm, it's a gift I get to give her and that she has that information, you know? And at the same time, I also have, I'm loving myself because I'm saying like, like I'm willing to let go of it in service of calling in something that's great and not just good. Yeah. You know? 
it's a, it is a true gift because you are um quote unquote sacrificing comfort sacrificing like the norm to be like i'm gonna tell you exactly how i feel and whether you whether you uh whatever break up with me or insert the thing it's but you if that gift this is going to cost me something this is going to cost cost the safety of this relationship this is going to cost the safety of whatever that that thing might be uh but that's that it, it is a very interesting frame that to think about it as i'm going to give you this gift of honesty even though it may not feel good like let's just say you cheat on the girl i'm not saying you did or anything that happened sure. but you're like that is a gift it's, you know it's going to be painful but you're going to give the give her the gift of truth which is powerful right what can you talk to me just walk me through just the thought process of you have something in you that you don't feel comfortable sharing that could be with, with her or in the situation how do you how do you cross that chasm from like ooh, i don't want it i don't want to break this to i'm actually doing it what gets you to make that leap yeah it's all inside of like what is my commitment you know it literally is a conversation of commitment before ego you know and one way ego can look is like oh, i'm the shit like oh look at me like i gotta you know whatever right ego also can look like i just need to protect myself and we're talking about surviving and fixing things you know so like ego can look that way or my commitment can be like i personally have a commitment that like i experience aliveness like i'm alive and i don't like numb myself down to, to stuff right i also have a commitment that like i leave the world better than i found it is literally i've written that out like i will leave the world better than i found it are all your commitments written down are all my what commitments well, are all the ones that like are these commitments that you're talking about written down or are they just mental commitments um some of them are written down, but like a lot of them, like a lot of them, I don't even know that I'm committed to it until I break my commitment. And then it like, I'm just fucked up the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, I compromised. Like I, I, I compromised a term that I had, a commitment that I made that I didn't even know that was my commitment. Like if I killed somebody, I don't have it written down somewhere that like, I will not kill someone, right? But like, if I accidentally hit someone with a car because I was texting, I, that that's a commitment that I, I, I just, I didn't do that. You know what I mean? I, it's not that I didn't do it, but I, my ego in the moment was like, let me survive the boredom of this drive and get back to this person. You know, let me put on a different song because I'm bored, you know? And that's, that's how ego can look in that moment. Whereas my commitment actually isn't with the other people or the pedestrians of the world. And it, it yeah, it's, it's like, it's not a moral thing. It's not like because that's right or not, but it's, it's like, it's just, it's like being able to look at it from yourself within the context of like the conversation with the girlfriend that you just used. Well, that's like, I mean, you're talking about this thing. A lot of this comes to self-love, self-respect, yeah. self-accountability, and really looking at it from a point of like, commitments are just promises you make to yourself. And if you constantly commit to yourself and you break those promises, you view yourself as a liar. Yeah. You view yourself as someone that doesn't do it. I was just saying like, sometimes you forget commitments, right? Cause you get pushed and it's like, push to shove areas. Like, um, I'm gonna tell this person the truth, but it's gonna hurt their feelings. Or I'm gonna, um, I, I, I've gotta make this decision that, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, sometimes you're not aware of it. And so I'm always curious about that moment, that yeah. moment of decision that you make when, the, when how do you first become aware 
of that decision. And that's why I was like, do we have these things written down? And then how do you how do you act in spite of the feelings of absolute like, like oh, I don't want to do this. I want to do anything but this. You know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So I'm just interesting. Yeah. What just came up for me when you were when you were saying that is like I invite you to look at like from a fly on the wall. Yeah. Right. Like you're, there's a fly on the wall and it's watching Dylan Watkins. You know, that fly on the wall could tell me more authentically about what are you actually committed to than probably you could or I could for the a fly watching me right now, right? I might say I'm really committed to working out and I'm really committed to like eating a per, per impeccable diet and like, you know, replying to every email like within 24 hours or something, right? And what that fly would actually probably watch is like, well, it, for based on your actions, which are the ultimate the verifier of what you're actually committed to, and it's not right or wrong, but just like it, it's clear that you, what you're actually committed to is watching an hour of stupid YouTube videos, right? Now you can hear I'm still, there's a little bit of judgment there because I called them stupid, but like, you know. It, I do watch point, stupid YouTube videos. That is I a thing. Videos, <laughs> yeah, it's nonsense. And it's, you know. It can be beneficial. There are some good things in YouTube. It's just that second or third click. You I know, can show you a YouTube video that I watched recently that it's there is no value to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> being real. But sometimes the value is in the joy of the thing and you're just yeah. doing it for like just the sake of it, you know, yeah. versus not everything has to be personally development, get better, be better, rah, rah. You know, you need you need a little sometimes I just watch things to laugh. Of course. Right? You know, it's just the, yeah. the, the joy of that. I will say that when you're talking about that in terms of commitments, that it made me think about someone said this somewhere and I have no idea where it came from. But it's like if you if I want to know your real commitments, um, let me see your bank account, let me see your bank account statements, what you pay money for and what your schedule looks like. Yeah, right. If you look at those two things, you'll get some serious aunts versus like what I say. You know, it's right. like a, it's behavior versus versus words, right? Yeah. Which is the true, the true telling of commitment. What okay, so shifting gears here um if somebody wanted to kind of level up in the area of film and and kind of advancing those things do they know to go to school for that or what would you say what would you say to some uh, a young up-and-comer that that has a passion and likes to draw dogs i would say keep drawing dogs um i would say you don't need to go to school the benefit of school is that you're gonna you're going to know a lot of people from your class that you can you get to work with and you'll have that relate you'll have some industry connections so to speak right you can help each other bring each other on set it's great to have that also if you're the type of person that needs that like constant accountability like you give your word to a class to i'm going to deliver a short film because it's due super valuable to do the school thing in that way right if you can if you can accomplish it if you really have a like a thirst and a hunger to get into filmmaking then you know if you don't need that same kind of accountability i i would say save your money and actually go make a movie with your tuition money and the process of you making the movie will teach you more the same if not more about filmmaking than you would learn from school and at the end of it you'll have an asset that you can then go distribute and make your money back on your tuition and you've You've got your, you've got your class, you've got a project, you've got a calling card and you've got, you know, you've got a crew that you get to continue to go work with. That, that would be my best, my best That's feedback. Cool. Yeah. Go and do. Just do it. That's, yeah. 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 I, 
I feel, I feel similar in making virtual reality projects too. Just, just go build something, go make something. It could be anything. Okay, that's no, that's awesome. With <laughs> it's so funny we're talking about like take the tuition money to go build and and develop it. Do you um what typical mistakes do you see in the space of like people getting started in this space and like and, and film and film creation? Are there are there things that you see people kind of waste their time on or get drowned in? Um, the gear chase. I think there's a common thing and I've certainly fall prey to it as well, which is like, you need the latest gear. Like you gotta have, the movie won't be good unless you shoot it on the top of the line shit, you know? And it's like, it's just so, it's, you know, it's not the, like the ultimate analogy is like, it's not the, it's not the brush, it's the painter holding the brush, you know? You can shoot on an iPhone and with good lighting like learn how to light rather than like invest in the gear and the latest lenses and the, you know, that would be my ultimate thing is like, keep it inexpensive. Like this does everything you need it to do. Yeah. You know, and like, keep it simple. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes you have, it, 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 it's almost like a, like a, like a wet blanket. It's like a, the gear and stuff like that. It's like, I need this thing to, to feel good and and I know when I was first doing podcasts and I was like super super nervous I bought this really expensive like zoom h6 Tim Ferrissy kind of thing I'm like oh this is great didn't really use it it was funny I had it I was like if I buy this expensive thing that means I'm committed right and then I bought it and didn't really do anything with it and it wasn't and I don't even use it anymore I have it somewhere but I just you know part of the being because the era we live in but I just record this and turn this on and and get going but it, it does seem like that is a uh uh yeah a, a thing that stops you from from getting to what you really want and desire yeah right, which is experience points the, what the thing, yeah huh. no, go well, I, was, I was gonna say a really tangible cycle i've seen with the gear chase is that you go buy the great gear but now you're in the hole because you spent the money on the gear mm-hmm. and now you got to kind of justify the purchase of the gear so that now you go work jobs that maybe you don't you're not super excited about, but like you're going to make a return on the gear, right? Um, or you're going to like make sure that it gets rented out. Now you got to manage the gear being rented out or, and everything like that. Meanwhile, like if you really got into film, I would invite you to look from the, like, like what actually had you want to get into filmmaking for 99% of people. It's like, I want to go make a movie, you know, maybe you want to be around the creation of film and that's awesome too. And I found that the more that I was putting effort into like making sure that the gear that I bought was paid off, the more, the less time I had to write the movie that I wanted to, that I said I wanted to go write. So never making time for that. Yeah. What excites you right now with movies? Like what, what about, what about like either movies you're making or movies that are coming up? What gets you going? What really, what's, what's the thing that like you get over, like just all jazzed about I'm really excited right now about, so in the process of securing the deal for, for the movie that, that I just finished, the process of getting that deal locked up uh, really had me, like I was really committed to it now since we've been talking about commitment and it had me really get out of my comfort zone and really have to like learn how, how the business end, like, like how the business end of film works. And so mm-hmm. now I'm finding a new creativity in structuring the deal and like, how do you get the talent attached? Like the process of like building a package of a movie 
I already had the like the skill set of like writing the movie and the how to edit it and how it's all going to come together and like making it look good. But it's a fun. I'm learning the business end now is kind of like a new a new area and I, I'm now getting brought on to like consult on other people, you know, how do I produce their movies in a way that's gonna, you know, have them see a profit and that like, and that it gets made ultimately at the end of the day. That's beautiful. I love that that you say you enjoy the process versus like, I need the result. I need a million people to watch this thing. And yeah. you know, well, that's I need not and say what? I said, well, that's a great thing too, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, you went straight to the process, which I thought was great. That was really, uh, uh, that, was, that was cool. It was uh, cool to see that you, 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 you thoroughly enjoy it. And I've seen, I've seen your work when I saw one of the trailers you cut together. That was really, really awesome. And I was like, and I know when I shared it with my friend um, um, uh, uh, over at Disney, and he's like, right. he's like, he's like someone's, got some, someone's got some skills over there. So I thought that was, I, I, can, I can definitely speak to that. That's, that's great. That. Um, if, if, because we're coming towards the end here. Um, is there any last messages uh, you'd like to share um, before we can talk about anything, anything you want upcoming or anything about before we talk about how people can get a hold of you? I would say any last advice I would say is just like, you know, we get one shot at this life thing. And like, it's such a cliche to hear like, you know, you got, you, you know, like make the most like, you know, carpe diem, right? And it's like, it, the way that it hits my ear when I hear that is kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, my advice would be to stand like at your deathbed, right? You're 90 something years old and you're there and you're surrounded with your family and like write, write yourself into that scene, right? Like put yourself there mentally. And I invite you to just like work backwards, like, you are so elated and so satisfied with the journey that, it, that you went on. You know, you, you're like crying tears of joy because you're just like, man, did I get to live, you know, boy, did I like, what a life that just was, like what a ride, right? And then I invite you to look from like, what happened in the past that had that happen? That, that, had, that created that moment where you're weeping tears of joy with your family and you're just like, I did it. Like I left the imprint I wanted to leave and I like had the fun that I wanted to have and I took the trip and I made the movie and I opened the store and I had the family and you know, whatever. Just like stand in that moment and like, what did you have to have done to have that moment take place? And I think there's gonna be a lot of clarity, like relate to it, like it's already a done deal rather than standing here and saying, what do I need to do now to go have it? like relate to it like it's a done deal and just listen for the, the, the change. There is like a distinction there, you know? And I, I think, I think uh, it's, it's anything can like, you, we never know what is gonna come in store for us tomorrow. It could be the thing that cracks everything open and like, you know, we're, I guess in light of how this whole conversation's gone, it's what I'm saying is just like, your life is what you ultimately make of your life. And so my invitation is to put some intention into like, cr like create it, relate to it like you are the one writing your, your life script. You know what I mean? And how, how good are you willing to let yourself have it? And that's yeah. what I get. And, 
and the and the greatest uh, and the greatest movies that I've seen they start with the ending in mind and they work backwards to the beginning. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. This and uh, I think it's powerful. Uh, and it made me think about it too. Remind me of remind me of some uh, uh, things I was thinking about on starting from the deathbed, working backwards as if it happened. That's powerful. Uh, yeah, it already happened. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right, Logan. So if people want to get a hold of you, find out more of the things you're doing, how do they reach out to you? Um, you can send me an email, mm -hmm. uh, logan at cinestone.com or just loganstone.com has all the social stuff on there and my reel and all that good stuff. Love it. Logan, yeah. brother, I appreciate your time. Uh, this Thank has been you. awesome. I love chatting with you, man. Uh, I look forward to uh, reconnecting in the physical space. It's been too long, my friend. Um, I'd love to get together again soon. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.